0: Welcome to That'll Preach. This is a weekly show on the Four Oaks Midtown Podcast. We're back, baby.
1: We are. It's so exciting.
0: We recorded like six of these episodes before the new year, and this is the first time we're back in the lab cooking up some philosophical, theological <laughs> beef stew. I was I was trying to, to land you... that plane. I was like, man. It, it didn't land, but- I just looked at you and I just thought beef stew. Okay, um. yeah, anyway. so we started we started a riveting new series on evil mm-hmm. and the problem of evil, and how do we deal as Christians with the issues that the reality of evil in our world presents, any kind of suffering from, you know people getting sick, cancer to all the violence and genocide that litters human history mm-hmm. all the horrible injustices, all these things. And how do we get a grip on these things and not just be sort of naive Christians, acting like everything's okay, everything just works out fine and all that stuff. How do we uh, balance not being naive with also not becoming hopeless and cynical and, and despairing? And because these are some legitimate challenges, right? Yeah. So today, Paul, we're going to talk about the problem of evil. And it is a problem, is it not? It, <laughs> it is, is a yeah. huge problem.
1: Sometimes Christians tend to minimize it or think that right. it's not really a problem or, you know, God can do whatever he wants kind of thing. Which is, I mean, there, there's truth to that, but there definitely is a problem of evil. And you see this even in in scripture with the book of Job and Job wrestles with the suffering that he undergoes. And like, yeah, it's just, it's it's, it's rife in human experience, suffering. Like, why do bad things happen to good people? We can talk about that. Are there good people? But it is definitely something serious. Like I think Aquinas said, the biggest challenge to faith is the existence of evil in the world. And I think for for lots of people who are atheists or at least sincere skeptics, you look at the world and you say, yeah, it, it sucks. Like it, it's pretty crappy. And if if you as a Christian say that there's a good God out there, you've got attention. You've got to reconcile those two. The world looks horrible. And yet you think there's this benevolent creator who cares for everyone, how do you explain
0: the Holocaust? There's a little flip side to it, too, where it says all those good things that happen in your life are the result of human achievement, technology, yeah. science, all that stuff. The fact that you don't die of, you know, you know flu. Uh, well, maybe that was too. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, you, you don't die <laughs> of the common cold or whatever, or that you have sanitary bathrooms. All these things are human achievements, and God really had nothing to do with it. And so all those things that we attribute to God really don't matter and and, and all, all kinds of things like that. There's there's all different angles of it that people have challenged Christianity with. And I think w- when you mentioned Job, it's like, well, the Hebrew writers, the Jewish writers, they got it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. and if we believe that scripture is inspired by the Holy Spirit, then God himself is presenting to us. The, the 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 jagged edges of living in life, living life in a fallen world, and, mm. and it doesn't give us. He doesn't really give us easy answers. He does give something of an answer, but it's not exactly the one that we want. Yeah, necessarily. Maybe it's the one we need, but not necessarily the one that we want. It's like Batman. I know. <laughs> Dark Knight. It's the answer we deserve. It's but not the, the one we, we need exactly. So why don't you just start off by setting up, uh, basic, common formulations of the problem of evil.
1: Yeah. The most basic one is this. As a a Christian, as a theist, as someone who believes in God, like the atheist is going to come up to you and say, all right, look, you believe that God is all good. You believe that God is all-knowing. You believe that God is all-powerful. If God is all-good, like a good God wouldn't want there to be evil. If God is all-powerful, God has the power to eliminate all of evil. And if God's all-knowing, then he knows every instance of evil that before it even takes place, right? And yet you look out into the world, you see all of this evil. So there's a tension between those four statements, God's goodness, God's power, God's knowledge and the existence of evil. Right. And so like there's there's a challenge to the Christian to like explain how those are gonna be like cohesive or you could do like, there's a famous rabbi after the Holocaust who wrote a book and was just like, You know, like God is all good. He's all knowing. He knew about the Holocaust. He didn't want it to happen. But I just have to come to the conclusion that God is not all powerful. God just didn't have the power to like stop the Holocaust. So he rejected one of those claims about God to make sense of evil exist. God is good. God's all knowing. He just didn't have the power there. But the challenge is to reconcile all those together. And um, we're not going to go totally in depth and give an answer in this episode. We're trying to just lay out the problem. That's, That's sort of the gist of it.
0: We will figure it out in the next episode. We yeah. will solve the problem of evil. That's ambitious, but we'll 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 do something. <laughs> but setting up the yeah. problem is great because it. What are we actually talking about when we talk about evil? Yeah. Uh, what are we? What What is the actual thing that we're wrestling with? So, you want to start with that. Like, how do we even define the idea of evil?
1: Yeah, I mean, the most basic way to look at evil is just the world doesn't seem. Like it's the way it ought to be. So you can think in that, like there's, there people recognize that the world is broken, which just is like a side point that that is a good evangelistic point, right? You look at the world, it's not the way it ought to be, right? but evil just is then if you want to get a little bit more like precise, like philosophers talk about natural evil and moral evil. So natural evil, just being things that humans aren't responsible for hurricanes, monsoons, COVID-19, right? You've got all these natural effects in the world that wreak havoc and suffering on people's lives that we have no control over. And then on the other hand, you have moral evil, which is human-induced evil. Murder, rape, abuse, oppression, dishonesty, right? Like all of these people living in squalor while other people get rich. That is moral evil. That's us using our wills to make the world a horrible place to be. And so on the one hand, you've got nature, not the way it's supposed to be. It's groaning and it's broken and it causes all this suffering and damage. And then the other hand, you have humans being the perpetrators of evil and injustice. And when we look at the story of Job, we see they're both natural evil um, and moral evil, right? We see, we see instances of Job undergoing the boils and stuff like that. And then we see his kids dying and stuff like that. And, and his, his crops and stuff, whatever. Um, so you've got all of this stuff wrapped up under the title of evil and it cries out for an explanation if there's a good, all powerful, all knowing God who created the world and and presumably cares about us, right? There's that tension there.
0: So what it when we think about you know, you talk about natural evils, things that we can't control, mm-hmm. the natural natural disasters and sicknesses, and then yep. the moral evil, which in a sense, you can't control that either if it's done against you. Right, right, yeah. Right. And that mm-hmm. that, that feeling of helplessness against people or or you know, betrayal, all these things. Yep it's, there's such, there's so many components. It's emotional, it's intellectual. Mm -hmm. There's all these things stuck to it. How do we even begin to think clearly about this?
1: I mean, that's, that, (laughs) that is like a massive question. I mean, that, that's part of the point of having this whole podcast series. And we're going to try to unpack some of this, but I think the most important thing to try to get now is that there is a, there's a, a tendency for Christians to want to deal with this too quickly or okay. to like sort of brush it off and be like, well, you know, like we're, we're devoting the whole next podcast to talking about this, but like there is a tendency to just say, well, God can do whatever He wants. Like there's no, like there is no problem here. Evil's not a problem. It's just God can like make a world however He wants. And, and there's no tension there between God's goodness and the way the world is. And, and ultimately, as Christians, we do believe that there is a reconciliation there between those but it still is challenging. And and in talking to people who are not Christian specifically, we do need to take it seriously because for them, it's not always just an intellectual problem, right? Sometimes this is like you put it it's, it's an emotional, it's existential, people feel like there's a deep chasm between you on the one hand postulate this God, but on the other hand, I see like my child is dying of cancer, like how do I- There's
0: like a cognitive dissonance. Absolutely. And that, that's really jarring and yeah. I think- we've all felt some variation of that. I mean, people, when they lose their faith, it's usually because there's some kind of traumatic event. There's spiritual abuse. There's a horrendous tragedy that that's very hard to grapple with. And and you're right. We have to be sensitive. It's, it's like, it's a real, uh, it's, it's a real transformative experience and it can go to losing your faith or it can go to strengthening your faith. But it's, 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 it's not so clear cut as we make it like, oh, you'll go through a trial, you'll be stronger. It's like, yeah. well, I mean, I mean, you're like, yes, <laughs> but how yeah. that works, I mean, it, it, it's just not that clear cut. Yeah. And, uh, and
1: telling that to someone in the moment isn't always the most helpful right. thing either, right? Like that's not, you know, just pulling out Romans 8.28, all right. things work together for the good. As so, someone's going through like, you know, they just had a miscarriage. It's right. Like what, like, what are you doing? That's just not how you Deal with people in these situations, but
0: you also don't want to act like the verse isn't there. It's like, sure, it is true, but it is the app, and and I think that's the the brilliance of Job, where if you read what Job's friends say to Job, it's not incorrect. It's not incorrect. It's just wrongly applied, yeah, or mistimed, right? Yeah, and that's why we have Proverbs Mm -hmm. and we have Ecclesiastes. Yep, you know, it's Mm -hmm. it's and uh, those two kind of form the balance of like, okay, there are general things if you want to live a happy, blessed life that you can do, Mm. but even if you do those things, you're gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you can't, and you have no control over the weather and the wind and all that stuff. And so uh, the Bible itself recognizes that tension.
1: Hmm. And and there's a like in, in just in the spirit of trying to a lot of times Christians, when we try to explain evil or 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 justify God and evil, we end up missing the point completely. So I'm thinking of like when when Jesus heals the blind man in John. Um, the people ask him, was he blind because of his sin or his parents' sin, right? They thought they nailed it. They were like, aha, Here, here's like the two hypotheses. We've got the experiment. We're going to ask Jesus and conduct it and see which of these hypotheses is true. And Jesus says, neither, but so that the glory of God may be revealed. So there's an element here of mystery and God as the author is unfolding this story in a way that doesn't follow a specific formula. Right. Right. So, so evil is not going to be explainable. It's not going to be formulaic. It's not just like, a, okay, you plug in all the variables and you say, oh yeah, well, it's due to this person's sin or it's due to God's trying to build your character or it's due to, you know, you did this bad thing when you were 14 and God found out and now he's like, that's just not how this stuff works. And coming to grips with the problem of evil is being okay that there's not going to be that sort of neat and tidy explanation for what's going on. And I think that should humble us more than anything. So it should show us that God, God is in control. God's writing the story at bottom. We do have a commitment to God's goodness, even though we don't have a full explanation of how everything works together. Um, But that problem of evil is real. And and the problem of suffering in people's lives, the existential angst and anguish and just like groaning of all of creation, those are real phenomena. And scripture talks about those and affirms those. And it's one thing that we do need to take seriously. So we're just trying to correct that tendency there of of not just the Reformed camp, but Christians of of kind of just giving like trite responses to evil. Um, And sometimes it's as a result of maybe you just, you never went through something deeply painful as well and and maybe that's coming your way but
0: oh man that's always the most terrifying thing yeah just like it's hard not to live not wanting the other shoe to drop you're just like things are good when is i know when's the catastrophe coming you know and i don't think we should live that way no 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 But, but it's a tendency yeah uh there's a lot of atheists and like you were saying i mean it this is something that many atheists will bring up oh yeah and it probably is admittedly The strongest argument against the existence of God. Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
1: It's the oldest. It is. Like thousands of years, everyone has argued, if there's a God, how do we explain evil? Right? It's the oldest challenge to religious belief.
0: What are some atheist arguments that you've heard?
1: I mean, the, the most, so they can take a variety of different forms. They all boil down to, you've got some some claims about God's nature. Right. And they're inconsistent with what we see in the world. Right, you're saying that if God's all powerful, he's all good, right. So some some philosophers, some atheists try to say that, you know, it's it's like a logical contradiction to say that evil exists and God exists. So logical, like, it's like saying that there's a square circle or um, that there's a married bachelor, right? These things are just non-existent by definition, right? So some philosophers want to argue, you can't have a good God, good, powerful, all-knowing God in a world with evil, that is a logical contradiction, right? It's just like saying there's a, there's a married bachelor in this world. That's just nonsensical. Um, other formulations are a little bit more, you know, conservative. Well, there's, it's not a logical contradiction, but it's just really improbable, right? So if we do all the math and say like, all right, imagine there's a really good God. Now, before We like look at what the world looks like that he created. Let's just like guess what it's going to look like, right? Would we guess and predict that it has children with cancer, monsoons, the Holocaust? No, right? That seems like a pretty reasonable assumption. But now we look at into the world, we see all of this stuff and we like that should give you pause. So some philosophers argue it's it's improbable that God exists given how much evil is in the world. Whatever version you take, whether God like, whether it's a logical contradiction, whether it's really improbable, it all takes the same starting point, the same formulation of God's character as articulated by the Judeo-Christian worldview of being all good, all powerful, all knowing. That is in in striking tension with the evil in the world, because you know, if you've got a good parent, a good parent would do all they can to prevent their child from experiencing evil and suffering, right? Um, so just extend that metaphor out. Jesus talks about if you ask, if you, as, as bad parents, if your child asks you for, for bread or for fish, you're not going to give them a stone or a snake, right? So how much more will your heavenly father give you? So there's a correct impulse there in that skeptical challenge. Like you say that God is good. Why is God giving me the snake or the, or the stone here? Right? Like why, why is that? Um, And so it it is a serious challenge. It's one that we should take to heart. And over the next couple episodes, we'll talk about some not so good ways to respond to the problem of evil and then also some more promising approaches as well. But hopefully this is just beginning to like get the wheels turning to let it steep in your mind and your soul a little bit so that, you know, the temptation shouldn't be to do like a quick draw trite answer to sweep evil under the rug. I think I think that's that instinct is there for a lot of Christians and it's not always a good one. So I think being okay with like sitting in the, the tension and letting it, you know, feel it for a little while, because like, yeah, like it is, it is bad. Um, and part of like what it is to be a Christian is to long for the restoration of all things. So like allowing evil to sit in our experience and loom large in our experience as this is not the way the, God created the world. This is not the way things are supposed to be. And affirm that commitment from the skeptic. Yeah, this is not the way the world ought to be. The beauty is that Christianity offers a solution to that, that this is a temporary stage. This is a groaning stage. This is a a stage of of, of process and everything's going to be changed and made new and made radically different, made the way it's supposed to be in the future. And that's something to look forward to. Um, But yeah,
0: I'm rambling now, but that's sort of the gist. So once we Figure out. Okay, the essential problem is: you look at the world, you look at what we say God is like, yep. and it just seems so wildly incompatible mm-hmm. that one of them has to give. Right, and that's how you get atheism. Mm-hmm. Right, or you get a view of God that makes him essentially exactly not able to do anything, right. or or not enough to prevent all the evils that we see in the mm-hmm.
1: world. So you lose out on something major of God's character. I mean, it 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 really is just like something that a christian has to come to grips with if you don't want to give up on god's attributes you have to say that god is all these things and evil exists and i mean one option is to deny the existence of evil like like buddhists tend to like minimize the existence of like evil is just an illusion it's all in your mind kind of thing um but that that response is not okay for the Christian, right? That, right. That, that Like the Christian worldview is unique and different from the Buddhist and some of those Eastern traditions in that we do affirm the existence of evil. Evil is an actual thing. I mean, it's not an actual thing, but it is like, it's a feature of the well, world. Well,
0: let's talk about that because, you know, with, with Eastern ideas, evil is an illusion. Right. There's really no, there's no moral judgment
1: yeah. on it. It's just your, your feeling or whatever. Right. So if you get rid of your feelings and your desires, evil right. goes away. To yeah.
0: desire to, Take pleasure as suffering, so you right. just try to, mm-hmm. you know, kind of remove any kind of desire. Yeah. But uh, Christianity is is about desire. It's about joy, mm-hmm. and it's about good and evil. Yep. So now you you kind of mentioned it. We like as Christians, we believe evil is a real thing. Mm-hmm. But then you kind of qualified it. What do? You, what yeah. Was that about?
1: Yeah. I mean, there, there's a there's a long tradition in Christianity of understanding evil not as something in itself but as an absence and all that means is just this this is a really helpful way of thinking about it cold is not a real thing right like we all feel cold like that's it's part of our experience but think about like what cold is in and of itself cold is just the absence of heat you don't measure cold you measure heat even when it's negative 40 degrees outside you're not measuring some property in the world that's called coldness. You're still measuring how much heat is there. And when it's negative 40, there's very, very, very little heat. But there's still
0: heat. But there's still heat. Right, right.
1: Until just, you get to whatever absolute zero right, and right. there's literally nothing and no movement, that's what heat is, right? Until you get to that way. And so Augustine and some of these great old Christian thinkers think of evil in that way. Evil is not some like force in the universe like God doesn't have some force that He's contending with that's called right, evil. Right. Evil is just the absence of goodness. In short, it's, it's the absence of God. So the world is good. Everything that God created is good. When God removes some of His grace away, when God removes some of His 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 presence, right? So so in, think of like God takes Adam and Eve outside of the garden, outside of His presence. That's evil. That that's a removal of goodness. When he removes his heat, right. all that's
0: left is cold. Exactly. But it, cold is not a thing. It's a lack of heat.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So 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 evil is. I mean, if we want, I think it's a really helpful way to think about evil. Actually, in uh, the same way with light and darkness. Right. You don't measure darkness. It's not a thing. Right. Like you measure light. And when when a room is dim, it's not because it's got you know forty units of darkness. It's because there's a tiny, tiny, tiny amount of light. Right. So light is the real thing; darkness is the absence. Heat is the real thing; cold is the absence. Good is the real thing; evil is just the absence of that thing. So, so the world is good; evil is just God removing some of His uh, governing graces and allowing sort of chaos to to, to take hold.
0: Right, and so yeah. that kind of that's that's kind of one way of chipping away at the issue. Of yeah, at least defining evil as an absence of something. That way, it's not a you know if if evil is a thing not just an absence of something, but an actual thing.
1: Then we have to explain where it came from. Then you have to explain where it came from. Then you Mm -hmm. have
0: something that God did not create. Then you have an eternal force in opposition to God. And Mm -hmm. that's a dualism, right? You have God and this other force taking shots at each other. Mm -hmm. And you know, so, so for God to be supreme, there can't be anything that he didn't make. Right. But he can't make evil. So evil has to exist somehow without him making it, without it being a, an eternally existing thing that's equal to him.
1: <laughs> Look at you being all philosophical. Ah, you
0: know, I've been, <laughs> I've been lifting, you know. Um, but, yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. And so, but you can start to see how this is incredibly relevant. I mm-hmm. mean, this is not some kind of like people just, you know, pontificating on <laughs> random ideas. Yeah. I mean, in many cases, this is the question. Oh yeah, experientially for most of us. Mm-hmm. How do I deal with this? And I think defining evil that way helps us at least understand uh, God's relationship to evil in a way that preserves something of his character. yeah, and also sheds light on the how God, what God's goodness is, right? Mm-hmm. God's goodness is simply his presence, his light. Entering into spaces, yeah, right, and 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 decorrupting things mm. that have been corrupted, or or somebody who is greedy, there's a lack of charity. Mm-hmm. And so what salvation does is it changes us by the spirit so that we grow in charity. And mm. in growing in charity, we start killing greed. Yeah. Right. And so you can't uh to to fight evil is to overcome it with good, right? Mm. And that's kind of what we're in the New Testament. Yeah. right? Don't overcome evil with evil, overcome with good. Mm. It's a replacing kind of thing. It's adding heat into a room. Yeah. That's how you displace yeah. the cold. Yeah. Um, now that doesn't solve the problem of evil. No,
1: no not quite. But, <laughs> but it
0: gives us at least a handle on some of the terms mm. so that we can maybe get a better grasp on it and start to make some finer distinctions. Yeah. You like that? I just said distinctions. That's you like did. the philosopher's You also said word.
1: pontificate. You I said know. a few big words in there. I know,
0: I know. <laughs> I'm proud of you, Brian. I'm just gonna make up one at one point.
1: Super Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. No, no.
0: <laughs> but anyway, we got some good stuff coming down the pipeline. Paul, do you have anything else to say about the problem of evil? That was good. We're about to dive deep into this, and I'm excited for it. hope you guys are excited for this as well. And uh, man, if you guys have people who are interested in talking about these deep subjects and want to hear from two hilarious, entertaining people... <laughs> Uh, We don't have any recommendations, but (laughs) you can listen to That'll Preach. So share this with your friends. Leave us a comment that helps us. And uh, hopefully we can uh, get some more content out there. And we are excited to dive more into this really important question. Thank you guys for listening. We are out.